Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where it's video game time. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. It's always video game time! But today, more than normal, we're going to talk about E3, and there's a lot to cover. We got to get into it. I think we're going to leave Geekery for next week and just do E3 today. I might even try to get this episode out tonight. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Um, I want to hit overview before we dive into like the actual game. So right. E3 2017, um, this is not comprehensive. It's not like last year when I did video game news now where I reported on everything. We don't have time for that. This is going to be more of a discussion. <laughs> We're only talking about the things that we think are interesting enough to talk about. And we'll hit lots of highlights. Don't worry about it. But you have video game news sites for the rest. There's t- plenty of places to go out there. I'm also going to recommend to you a site that I've been watching all week. That's E3Recap.com. It has been my friend. It is really good at every time there's a new game announced, it updates. So nice. if you want to see like every game that's been announced, go to E3Recap.com. I highly recommend it. And I think the one that I've looked at a few times was YouTube.com slash E3 just to see what was going on just right then and was popular and trending just to see what had been announced recently like that. Just to kind of not even so much as the comprehensive stuff, just to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about all the stuff from the press conferences because we're recording on Tuesday night. All the press conferences have happened. I'm sure more news will come out throughout the week. Um, we won't have that because that's in the future for us as of right now. Maybe we'll catch some of it next week, but most of the big announcements come out of the press conferences anyway. So we wanted to record this and get it out there for you guys. So overall trends, because I watched all the press conferences and I mostly just sent beige links to a bunch of the trailers. So from the actual press conferences, a lot of them tried to force esports into games that aren't even out yet, and it felt super awkward and uncomfortable. And like, you got to let that stuff develop organically. I don't know what they were thinking. They also had a lot of these like influencers, you know, content creators yeah. that are being put front and center, especially at the EA one, which just felt oh. awkward. Like, they're not it meant does. to be on stage. You know, and and the whole influencer thing to me feels kind of like this disingenuous bubble that's going to pop soon because I like some people as personalities and influencers, but it's so trendy right now that they don't feel like real people and personalities. They feel just kind of like they're the booth babes of the 90s in a lot of ways to me, where it's like, yep, these people are here. Yeah, it's weird. And then another trend was just like, Overall, the press conferences were shorter this year, and there were less big game announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard to tell like what was a console exclusive because a lot of them talked around what the terminology was. So th- something that Microsoft kept saying was console launch exclusive, and I think that's a way of saying it's going to come to our platform first, but only by a little bit. But it's like saying that without saying it. So I did my best to divide out the things that were like actually platform specific from all of the other games. Um, I'll do my best to hit those as we get to them. And then another thing that was just an overall trend. Most of this year was like updates on games that we already knew existed. It's it's just we get we got so many years of them announcing games ahead of time, like way ahead of time. And it seems like it finally caught up with all of the platform holders this year. So there was no like one crazy, oh, my God, like announcement that blew everybody away. Um, But the upside of that is that most of the games from the conferences are going to be out within the next 12 months. 
I would I suspect even the ones that said 2018, they're probably Q1 2018 based on how long they've been in development. Um, and that's never really been the case before. That's kind of a new thing for E3 to have all of these like concrete games with launch dates or at least like very close launch windows to us. Yeah. So I like that part. Um, yeah, and then, because otherwise you've got like Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts where they didn't even have gameplay, where it was a mock-up of gameplay years ago. And now it's like, oh no, this is... This is soon. Yeah. And the other trend is that Skyrim will just not die. They announced... (laughs) It's true. The game is from like 2010, right? They announced Skyrim VR and they announced Skyrim for Switch with motion controls. And it's just like, okay, you know, yeah, okay, bring Skyrim to my toaster and then my microwave. And it's like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, please, please, Bethesda, just let Skyrim die. And it's a great game. That's why I'm so irritated that I'm irritated about Skyrim. It's really good. It's really cool. And I don't want to play it again because it's so long and I want to play other games. Yes. Not Skyrim again. I agree completely. Okay, I got Skyrim out of my system. Let's talk about actual games. I did all that quick so we could get to the games. So the first press conference, and these are roughly in order, um, no promises though, uh, was EA. And the only thing that I pulled out of this one um, that didn't fit better like elsewhere in this document was Battlefront 2. Honestly, a mm. lot of the EA stuff was like sports games that I just don't care about. Um, and then they have like racing games that I also I'm not a big racing game guy. I mean, you guys kind of know my biases when it comes to video games and you kind of know Beaches too, right? Yeah. And I like a good racing game, but a lot of the ones that I've played recently have been way more on the sim side. So I just want an arcade style racing game which is why i fall more toward the mario kart style but i like casual or or need for speed style i guess uh racing games whenever those come out yeah and so there was nothing that was like really gripping from the ea one except for battlefront 2 and it's like we already knew this existed they announced it last year at e3 um the main like new points from this one is that it's all of the saga movie timelines so it's prequels the original trilogy and the new trilogy all of them will be represented, which that made me happy. And then I right. also saw that they have a new class system um, and they have like a point system now for using points. OK, so basically, as you're playing through a match, you build up points and then you can spend those points to get vehicles or heroes. Whereas did you play Battlefront one? No, I still haven't played it. It just kind of slipped under my radar because I kept hearing such mediocre things about it that I never wanted to spend any money on it. OK, Um. Well, I liked it for being in the Star Wars universe and like feeling right. like you're there in a battle. But beyond that, like as a game and the gameplay, it was I don't know, it was OK. Um, but the thing about it was for heroes and for vehicles and stuff, you would just have to rush to a pickup point and hope that you get there before someone else. It was like the worst okay. system ever. Whereas this new one where you save up points by playing the game and then you spend them to become a hero or get a vehicle. I like that. That makes me happy. It means you're not going to be fighting over the heroes and the vehicle spawns and you're not gonna have people just camping out waiting for it to respawn um that was the thing that i really hated about the first game and it looks like that's getting fixed beyond that the multiplayer looks pretty much like the last game which it's fine the thing that's gonna make me buy this game is that it has a single player story campaign if you tell me you have a star wars game that is canon that has a single player story you have my money like that's that's all i need but how do you feel about it 
And with Disney doing this, now that these kinds of things are canon, that when something is put out, it's part of the universe, that is a big selling point, especially to people like you. Oh, yeah. This is a big selling point for when I see it on Green Man Gaming and a year after it comes out and see it on sale. I'm like, okay, I'll finally get to experience that and play it. But a multiplayer only, that's why... I've never cared to pick up uh, Battlefront 1 was because, I mean, I heard kind of ambivalent things about it on both sides. And then it just multiplayer. I know I'm going to get completely bored of it soon because it's not a fantastically awesome game. Yeah, no, it's not. And I mean, the single player. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. cool. It sounds like we're pretty much on the same page. It's Star Wars. Um, So the next press conference (laughs) was Microsoft. And the big thing from this one was Scorpio, which is now called the Xbox One X, which, by the way, they're going to call the old one, like the standard Xbox One, they're going to call that the Xbox One S. They sound so so dumb. You can't hear the difference. X and S. People don't enunciate that well. I know. And can you just imagine, I saw this on Twitter, I I won't take the credit, but somebody was saying, like, just imagine the mom of three boys on Christmas Eve trying to figure out which one her sons asked for. It's like, That's exactly what I was thinking, because you get an excited nine-year-old who can't talk right, like like me. I mean, I'm saying this because I was the guy with a speech impediment, and you're like, Mama, I want an Xbox One S! And it's like... Okay, good good for you, son. Can you write that down? Put it on a list for me. Yeah, exactly. So that seems like a really bad naming convention. The other thing yeah. is that it's $500. I mean, it's $499, but it's $500. You know, after tax, it's more mm-hmm. than that. And it's kind of amazing how much I just don't care about the PS4 Pro or the mm-hmm. Scorpio. I mean, the Xbox One X model. Now, now with these, I, the the are there going to be games that are only available for them? No then that's dumb. Then that's I mean, really stupid. The uh, They're going to perform better. I understand that, that it's an upgrade like you're getting a PC upgrade. But, but not really. I uh, mean, the uh, real thing here that they're pushing is 4K. And the thing yeah. is, like, eventually I'm going to end up with 4K technology, just like you will. Yes. Like, all of us eventually. are going to end up with yep, 4K absolutely. TVs by accident. Like, it's just what's next on the docket. But yep. It's not a compelling enough thing that like people aren't unless you're you know, there are people out there who are what like a cinephile or an audiophile mm-hmm. who are like obsessed with this kind of thing. They are the exception. Like they're going to rush out. They already have a 4K TV. They probably have a Dolby digital surround system, whatever. Uh, most of us aren't those people. And if we're not, it's like whenever you buy your next TV, chances are it might be 4K. And if you wait exactly. a couple more years, then, yeah, your next TV is probably a 4K. Um, and at that point. Then if you go and you already have a PlayStation and you were thinking about like a hard drive upgrade or maybe you're like your PS4 dies after having it for four years and you're like, oh, I need to buy a new one. That's when maybe I would look at the pro, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel excited about it and I don't see myself ever feeling like excited to buy one of these. It would just be like, oh, I need a new one anyway. Maybe I'll get this instead. Yeah, that's really what I the way I think about 4K and just that those kind of incremental increases and and advancements in technology and consoles like this. I did the same thing with the TV. Everybody else had HD TVs. My parents had a 720p that did 1080i and you know, I didn't care and then my TV we we, that's what we did for Christmas. We found a really good Black Friday deal. I was like, "Okay, we'll get one that makes sure that it does 1080p, but 
okay, whatever, we don't really care. And now it's just the standard. We just grabbed it because that's what it was, and that's going to happen with 4K and these other consoles, but it's not a selling point to me in any way whatsoever. No, and pricing the new one for Microsoft at $500, they're like they're pricing themselves out of the competition compared to every other console just straight up like and the other thing with microsoft with like all of their exclusives nothing on microsoft is exclusive anymore because they all have that play anywhere or their multi-platform and if it's a play anywhere game you can get it for pc it's like they don't have i just i don't understand why i would ever buy an xbox one at this point like i have a good gaming pc if there's anything i really want that's a microsoft exclusive I would just get it there because it's more powerful anyway. Well, my buddy found one for $59 the other day. So that's a compelling reason to buy one. But other than that, most of us aren't able to do that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Microsoft Conference. There were a bunch of survival games and a bunch of zombie games. And I'm just, I feel like we've kind of hit the saturation point with those. Um, yeah. I just don't care. Kinda. Yeah, uh, and it was amazing how much, like, some of them... I, Sony had a few, too, like, don't get me wrong. And I just, I felt like nothing watching the trailers and, like, seeing, you know, the people on stage try to get excited about him. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay, another post-apocalyptic right. survival, crafty, zombie, whatever. Um, they're all just feeling the same, like, we got to get off of that genre. And then there were a bunch of other games that we already knew about or had seen before. So the two that I picked out that were more new that we still knew about, but a lot more information (laughs) was Sea of Thieves, which this was the first exclusive that they actually announced in their press conference, and it was towards the end. But do you remember this one from last year? I vaguely remember it from last year on how it could have been cool because you're coming in and out of... This is where you're coming in and out of, like, other people's crews and with your own, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically you're a pirate and you have to work with other real people to like steer the ship around right. and go on treasure things and you know, dig for treasure and explore islands and stuff. It, to me, it looks like a game that would be really fun if you have a core group of people that gets together right. to play games all the time. Other than that, if you don't have a group, it's an adventure game. Looking at the trailer, watching the video is just like, okay, pirate game. Neato. I've seen this kind of gameplay before, but with a group, it would be fun. Yeah. Like if, I mean, if I had a regular group, right, to play games that I've like every few few days or a few times a week, there was a set time that, yes, all of these people are online playing games together. Yeah. I, I think Sea of Thieves could be amazing. The thing is, it's just that is not compatible with my life at the moment. So yeah. this is a game that I could see myself liking in different circumstances, but I just don't think it's going to be for me. Um, but it's not even in beta yet. Like, it could change a lot by the time it comes out. We'll we'll have and, to keep an eye on it. And this one reminds me of when I was a teenager. I went to downtown Disney in Orlando, and at their, their, their downtown Disney arcade, and I can't remember what it was called now, Disney, I don't remember, but they had an interactive kind of VR pirate game where you were on a deck that had like 
it had different guns and you could st- one person was steering and everybody else was running around firing different guns and as you steered and moved it it moved these giant three like screens that were all around the the walls of the room so you were looked like you were moving around shooting at all of this stuff that's what this kind of reminds me of because i was doing that with my family and one time i went with my girlfriend when i was older doing all of this and it was so much fun doing that i could totally see how that in vr would be awesome yeah i don't even know if this is a vr game i don't think it is i don't think it is but it should be uh maybe i mean give it time they might patch it in like i said it's not even beta yet and then so the other game for microsoft was crackdown 3 and for me i loved crackdown 1 but that game was a long time ago and i loved it purely for the jumping like traversal in open world games is very important to me and the way it just feels to move around and there was nothing as amazing at the time in open world games as jumping around in crackdown one and just hunting for more agility orbs so you could jump higher like that was fantastic and then i barely remember uh crackdown 2 because all i remember is that it was just a huge letdown like i just didn't like that game at all did you play either one or how do you feel about crackdown 3 I'm trying to remember if I've played them because it seems like I've played one and I don't remember it, but I feel like I should have played one. I feel like I have it somewhere and that I've played it and I can't remember. It was an early, early 360 game. I did play that. Okay. Yeah, because I played it at a friend's house then. That's what I'm, yep, my buddy Casey had it, I think. And uh, it was fine. It was, it was a game. (laughs) <laughs> and like I said, I can't remember it. it. It was completely unmemorable that I couldn't remember if I'd ever played it or not. But you liked but, the, uh, Terry Crews from this one, you said, right? Oh, my God, I love Terry Crews. I just love him as a human being. I love him as an actor. I just I just need Terry Crews in my life in every way possible. And I want this game solely because he's in it. That that I mean, really, that is the selling point to for me on this, because I, I read interviews with Terry Crews and just fall in love with this guy. He's an artist. He runs a nonprofit. He 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 is just just an absolutely fantastic human being and he's funny as all get out like have you watched brooklyn 99 if you don't i didn't know if i would like the show but i love terry in it that terry is hilarious and seeing him in this game in this trailer i just got excited whenever i saw it so I was like is that terry cruz and yeah it's terry cruz <laughs> Cool. Well, at least it has that going for it. Um, but it's one I'll keep an eye on and I might get on yeah. PC when it comes out. I don't know. We'll see. That's we have to wait till we get closer and actually get more gameplay impressions and stuff. Um, right. The next press conference was Bethesda. And honestly, there was nothing in here that was like super compelling for me. But I didn't want to just skip it because I know a lot of these things matter to other people. I have to ask, did you stay up extra late for this one? Because it was at a dumb hour, I remember you telling me. Um, It was at a dumb hour, but for my time zone, it wasn't horrible. So I was up anyway when it started. Okay. Um, I probably, I didn't stay up super late. I stayed up a little bit later than normal, maybe. Um, That's debatable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I usually go to bed pretty late. So no, it was fine. But so here's some main, main things from it. Um, There was more mod support coming to existing games, and they're calling it a creation club. It's basically like a new way that creators can work with Bethesda to like get their mods through testing and then Bethesda finds new ways to charge you for them. 
it, it's like <laughs> i just yeah. whatever you know eh, um, yeah mods aren't my thing but so many people love it that more options i guess good good for them i just don't see myself paying for mods paying for like, them though no i barely pay for dlc why would i pay for mods when people are making mods for free like one of the cool things about the mod community is that it's just open and it's free and you can stack them on each other and it's you know just play around with them yeah um, it feels like they're making it super corporate in a way that i don't like i suppose um that may, maybe that's personal preference but that's the i mean and even even steam has the workshop and all the mods that are free and it's the most corporate corporate that ever corporated a corporate yes exactly um so they also had some zelda stuff which i know we talked about up front it was like just showing off um skyrim, well, skyrim on switch stuff. yeah skyrim stuff and it was basically there's optional motion controls on the switch that's it's like okay um cool yeah. motion controls whatever and then you can also wear like link's tunic and get the master sword and the hylian shield yeah that's about it it's whatever you know, i I played Skyrim with Zelda stuff in it, and it was called Breath of the Wild, and it was better than Skyrim, so I'm kind of cool. I'm good. I'm there good now. Go. Exactly. More VR stuff from them. So Fallout 4 VR is coming out in October. Um, Doom VR is coming out sometime later. Um, yeah, it's more VR. I guess we'll wait and see how they are when they actually come and out. VR does not show well in 2D. Like No, it doesn't. No. And, I mean, the idea of VR games like this is great i love the idea of this but i cannot get excited about a game in vr until the technology is there more that it's just a visual thing and 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 as as great as visuals are we've talked about it how that's not enough to to keep me invested and really keep you invested if it's just visuals and these games are fantastic on their own and if I had a VR set and I ha- and I haven't played through Fallout 4, sure, I would probably grab the VR version. But as opposed to being able to get it super cheap just on my PC in general, if that's not a if that's not available, eh, I'll I'll probably just play the normal one because I maybe I just don't get VR. Maybe I'm the crotchety old man who's yelling at the kids on my lawn, but the virtual kids on my lawn, I suppose. I don't know. You still haven't tried a Vive, which I haven't. You you should do that at some point. You've only played the gimmicky version. You haven't played the full one to one. And my computer was not able to do it. I didn't mention that on air the other night uh, when you and I were talking. But even with the Oculus, my computer is too slow to do VR right. So I'll have to try it for real at some other time. Yeah. But even with these, like VR games need to be made for VR from the ground up. I don't have a lot of high hopes about either one of these because it's retrofitting yeah. existing games into VR. So it's kind of like, eh, whatever. Let's just wait and see right. the reviews. Um, they also had Dishonored Death of the Outsider. So it's like a standalone adventure. I don't think it's an expansion pack, um, but I think it's built on the same engine as Dishonored right. 2. So if you liked Dishonored 2, this is probably going to be good for you because it looks like more dishonored then they also had wolfenstein 2 the new colossus again if you like the first wolfenstein it looks like you're gonna love this game i i tried it and i kind of bounced off of it because i got stuck with a game breaking bug a few hours into it that'll do it yeah so after you know trying to roll back a couple saves and do it over and over again i just i gave up on that game how about you did you play it I didn't play the first one. The last one I played was it Return to Castle Wolfenstein like 10 years ago that they did when they rebooted the entire franchise from when we were kids that I played it when they gave it the new modern 
the new modern take, I guess. I don't, I didn't care that much for the remake that they had done or the continuation. And so I never played this past version, the one that this is following up. And on this one, I don't really get the, the aesthetic they're going for. It's kind of a hyper stylized, ultra violent. I don't know. I mean, and it's a continuation of the last one, which okay. basically is alternate history where Nazis won World War II. And right. the main character gets knocked out in the middle of World War II, and he wakes up after he's been, like, in, you know, a mental health facility yeah. or whatever for years. Okay. So he wakes up in the 60s. So it's an alternate reality 60s with Nazis. And um, I think that this game, since it's, like, the second one in this new series, I think it's... F- following the same character more of the same but set in the 70s instead of the 60s so it's like 10 years right. later that's kind of and like why the style probably didn't make sense to you yeah it didn't really at all so i'm just kind of looking i was like eh. and on top of nazis i mean i'm just like i'm kind of tired of nazis in every form right now so i'm yeah. just like i don't i don't want to see those in video games uh uh no i'm i'm right there with you and the, okay so next press conference was pc and a lot of the games in it, I actually pulled down to the other section later because they weren't exclusive at all. The only one that was PC exclusive that I also was interested in was Battletech. And I guess my question for you is, did you ever try to play tabletop Battletech as a kid? Because I did. No, Okay. never did. It is super finicky with so many rules. And it's yes. like there's mechs and there's different parts to different mechs and they're completely like custom customizable part Mm. by part like the most finicky but interesting parts of like mech warrior and armored core and all that kind of stuff put onto a tabletop game kind of like you know warhammer or whatever else um but more finicky than that i remember reading about them in magazines and stuff like that that i would see as a kid and it was just never something that was available to me to try we didn't have a game shop we didn't i was poor and there was never an opportunity for this okay so my brother and i tried it um i feel like a couple times and we really liked the systems but it was just so annoying to play because there were so many systems and i kind of thought at the time if this ever becomes a video game in this exact same form so it just handles the numbers for you i would be interested in that game that is exactly what this is they're finally making BattleTech into a turn-based strategy game on the computer and it has all of that little intricacies like it depends which way your mech is facing and you can blow off different parts of people's mechs or disable one part even though other parts are working and you have to manage things like your heat level because the more actions you do and the more, you know, like ammo you expend and rockets you fire, your heat builds up. And if it gets too high, you don't get to do actions. Like it's a lot of really interesting systems, but it's just so many. So it's finally coming to PC and I'm glad because I want to try this game. I don't know if it's going to be good because I never got to play it enough as a kid because it was too finicky, but I'm excited. Does that make sense? Well- I think it will be good. I don't know if it will be for you. Okay, that that might be it. Because there are people who I know because they were so far into Battletech as a tabletop, or I guess are still, because I know there's still people who play it. They're going to love this. They're going to be the ones that this is made for as long as they manage the systems well, as long as they get the feel of what the tabletop is. It just may not be something that you you particularly latch on to. 
Yeah, that could or me well for be. that matter. I mean, because I want to give this a shot because I love strategy games. You know, like I said, as a kid, it was intriguing to me and never had an opportunity. I would love to give this a shot. It may be too complex and complicated for me to honestly care about. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, so that was PC. Ubisoft was next, and it had some of the ones I was most interested in. So there's a new Assassin's Creed coming out, and I don't know if you guys know because Assassin's Creed skipped a year last year. But I <laughs> I love this series. Like, I don't know how it became one of my favorite series, but I my favorite series are Mario platformers and Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed. And I'm I'm not sure which order those first two happen in, but the Assassin's Creed is definitely number three. And I'm just excited because it's a new Assassin's Creed game. It's set in Egypt. Um I pulled a quote out of here. It's one of the creators said it's a huge world. Basically, we took the size of Black Flag's Caribbean, but put it on the ground. So a lot of locations to travel that will allow us to show how rich ancient Egypt is. And it's kind of like, this is why I love Assassin's Creed. It's exploring really cool old world locations. Um, yeah. And that's the core of it for me. I also like the gameplay. Uh, like, I like the combat. I really like the stealth. Um, the overall meta story is, uh, I don't know. It's okay. It's pretty, yeah. Yeah. pretty schlocky, honestly. But that's not why I play it. I play it to explore all these different ancient worlds. So I'm excited. But you watched it. Did you? How did you feel about it? Because you haven't played many of them or any of them? I, I, any of them and gimme. Gimme now. Get gimme. Oh, really? I want, I want this one a lot. This might be a game that I buy at launch. And and that doesn't happen often. You guys know that I'm not the kind of person who just goes and buys a launch game immediately. But this one, Ancient Egypt, I'm one of those nerds who has always loved Ancient Egypt. You know, that like 70% of our community. But when I saw this, I just latched on. That this has the aesthetic that I love. It Because, I mean, I love that architecture. Whenever I see it in any game, that's the area that I latch on to. That my, one of my favorite zones in World of Warcraft is Oldham because it's Ancient Egypt. And when I saw this, that I can explore and do all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I I want this one, and if it's for the PC, I will definitely grab it, even if it's not at launch. And if it is the on just on the PS4 and Xbox, then once I grab the PS4, I will have this. Yep, and it will be on PC, I'm sure, just because all of the Assassin's Creed are now. Um, they're not always yeah. same day and date, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, and it'll probably be on Uplay, like I think Capsule J said the other day on Twitter, and I have a lot of them on Uplay. I just haven't installed Uplay because installing another thing and just haven't. Yeah, Uplay is notoriously bad, too. Um, okay, of so a couple other is. things. <laughs> about Assassin's Creed Origins that I like that aren't going to mean much to you because you haven't played the other ones, but hopefully some listeners, these will mean things to you. The main character is in his mid-30s, which I think is cool. It's a nice change of pace from all of these late teens, early 20s guys. Yeah. Some of them into the late 20s, but still, it's somebody like actually in their mid-30s, so maybe we That's can awesome. relate better. I think it's it's a good thing. Um, maybe because someday, so often I, I do see the the early 20s and not not knocking any of you guys but I'm uh, who are out there listening who are who are that age but I'm like I see an early 20s uh character and I'm like you're making a bad decision I made this bad decision stop it stop it oh that's not how you treat people yeah and it, it's like the storytelling isn't relatable no and maybe someday Final Fantasy will get there that's my real dream but at least Assassin's yes. Creed is there now and I think it's a good thing um a couple other things you get control of like 
like a personal pet eagle for scouting and marking guys before you go into an area, I think that's going to change the gameplay like that in looks a huge so cool. way, in a really good way for people who like the stealth like me, because you can actually plan ahead and see what's coming up. They also said that it's going to be more RPG-ish, whereas the old games were kind of action-adventure. This is going to be more of an action RPG, so you can get different gear, there's actual like leveling and progression mechanics and the story is kind of quest based like an RPG would be even though it's more open world so it's not as linear whereas before they had missions now they have quests um we'll see how that plays out but i'm just glad they're trying different things and then the other thing they said was that there will be a graph system for progression that's similar to like the sphere grid from Final Fantasy X. Um, we'll see how it ends up being. I didn't actually see it in depth. They just said that right. it would be a thing. So all of that to say, I'm really excited for Assassin's Creed Origins, which I could have told you before I watched any of the press conferences. Yeah, and I knew that this was going to be like what... I was waiting to see what the Assassin's Creed game was so that I could see you geek out about it. Yes, and I am geeking out about it. Uh, the next one they announced, which I did not know what I would think of, even though it leaked nope. ahead of time was Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And it is a SRPG, so it's a strategy RPG type of game um, set in the Mushroom Kingdom, but somehow the Rabbids got there from another dimension, and it has a bunch of Mario characters. That's essentially the setup that we got. Mm -hmm. And it's weird, but I guess at least Nintendo is finally branching out and like loosening up with their beloved characters. But I think I'm excited for this one. I, I know based on what I've seen that I am going to buy this one and I'm going to play it because it's like in my wheelhouse between Mario and strategy RPG, um, even though oh, I've yeah. never been a big fan of the Rabbids. But it's weird. Like, what did you think? I know you it, watched this one. It's weird and pretty, and I could totally see myself loving this. Okay. It It's strange. The battles, the battle scenes that they were showing look totally odd for a strategy RPG. And I like that. That this one will totally depend on battle systems and how they pull it together. That it could be terrible and it could be just completely and totally fantastic, kind of like Super Mario RPG was back in the day when you didn't know what to expect. That's kind of how I feel about this one, that it could be really good or kind of, well, they tried. Yeah, either way, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to try it. We'll definitely yeah. talk about it on the podcast. Um, another one that I was actually, like, I didn't see this one coming, but I'm very glad that it exists is Skull and Bones. Um, and again, you haven't played Assassin's Creed games, no. but when they did Assassin's Creed 4, it was called Black Flag, and yes. it was one of the mainline games, but it was basically like the open world Caribbean, like that quote I grabbed from earlier. And yeah. It Yes, it was an Assassin's Creed game, but I spent, like, probably 75% of my time in that game just being a pirate and, like, dri not driving, what, sailing, sailing my ship around, um, exploring, and, like, getting in fights with other ships, and using it to hunt for loot. And this game, Skull and Bones by Ubisoft, it looks like they took exactly the pirate part of the game from Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag pulled out all of the assassin's creed part of it and then just turned the pirate game into its own game and then built it out from there and it looks amazing like i want this game i'm going to buy this game no question and this game looks like a big old bag of meh I, I, I care i care literally zero about ever seeing or hearing about this game again i i don't particularly care for the setting i'm not a, i'm not a pirate person 
I don't like just vehicle and ship battles. Well, I don't like vehicle battles. That's that's something that d- turns me off whenever I see that I have to fight vehicle to vehicle. And I also don't like... I've tried World of Warships and just not my kind of vehicle battle on top of everything else. There's, there is nothing appealing about this one for me. Okay, I really like vehicle battles and I especially liked the combat for the ships in Assassin's Creed 4. So I'm excited for this. Pirates, <laughs> like... This could be a different setting, and I it would still be, be. Yeah, I would still be excited for it. It could be like right. future chips. It could be. I mean, it could honestly be a space game with the same mechanics. Like either way, I just I like the vehicle combat systems in this game. So that's what I'm excited for. And the pirates is like I said, pirates don't like push me away from a game, but they also don't draw me to it. So the pirate overlay of a setting is kind of like whatever. Take it or leave it for me. Okay. And see, to me, it pushes away. That's okay. one thing. That's I just fair. I just don't. I don't know. I guess it's just totally unappealing that I've never had a really good pirate story outside of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie that really I could care about. They all seem so generic. And this one just looks very generic to me. Yeah. And I mean, I liked like I I haven't seen very many good pirate stories, but I like the exploration and like the mechanics around it. So uh, it depends, Um, especially if this one ends up having a single player campaign with it and not just multiplayer, then I'm like all in. But I'm going to buy this game regardless, just because I know what it's based on. And I know that I already like that game. Right. The next one up was Starlink Battle of Atlas or Battle for Atlas. It was really weird. It's weird. It looks like it's a toys to life game, but it's like physically in the real world. You have to buy the parts and build a spaceship that attaches Mm -hmm. on top of your controller. And it's weird, but kind of interesting. And so, like, the actual gameplay is open-world-ish, but it looks like it's a handcrafted star system. It was kind of giving me... It is pretty. It was kind of giving me a No Man's Sky vibe. But, yeah, it really was. But, like, handcrafted instead of procedural, which I think would go a long way towards, like, getting rid of the problems that we had with right. that game. Um, and it looks like it's contained to just one star system. Like, they're not trying to be a whole universe. It's just a focused area that's been crafted by hand. And... I don't know. It, I don't know how to feel about this one. It, I mean, examples that they showed was like you're in a fight and you have ice weapons equipped and you're attacking guys that have ice shields up. So in the real world, you pull off the guns off the side of your ship that's physically attached to your controller and put on two fire weapons on the sides and then you destroy them. Like, right. how do you feel about this game? I I love Toys to Life games. Like, I think they're super cool. They they're they're great. And I see this one, and it looks like they have taken what everybody I know who has played Lego Dimensions extensively has complained about and made it the whole deal with their toys. That so many people I know have have complained that you have to interact with the base so often by switching things out that it makes it unfun to play, that it that it's cumbersome. And it seems like that is this entire game. So I wonder if this is going to work as well as it does in a teaser video. Yeah, okay. We will wait and see. But this looks like a game that if it becomes like good enough by the time it comes out 
I might buy this one for my kids and then I would play around with it. True. And I could see the, I could see your kids loving it. Kids may absolutely adore this. I think it's people our age who just grabbing toys left and right and trying to put them together may end up being frustrating because our old man hands but go in the hole. I can't get this kid's toy. And then we then we die. I don't think we're the target audience for this one. <laughs> I don't think so. The big announcement from Ubisoft was Beyond Good and Evil 2 because I know that there are a million people out there who've been waiting for this game forever because the first one came out like 15 years ago um i'll be honest i played beyond good and evil like a couple hours of it one afternoon at a friend's house i yes i never got into the series and i know it has a cult following i've just never dug into it so i saw this trailer and it looked like a cinematic trailer which showed no gameplay so i feel completely and utterly neutral about this game yep I did almost the same thing. I was in college in a room with a bunch of other people watching a friend play it when we rented it. Okay. I, that's it. Here it's a good game. Yeah, I guess. Never, never dug in. No. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. Do the geeky offer of the week because we're not going to have it at the end this time. There's no geekery this week. There's too much to talk about. Um, but we have Audible like normal. You can get a free book on us and help the podcast at audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast And this week, you have the recommendation. And I am sneaking in some of my geekery that I don't get to talk about because today I finished up Girl Boss on Netflix. And I really loved this. And you guys know how much I like memoirs and things like that and personal stories and tech stories. It's kind of a tech story. But I'm recommending Hashtag Girl Boss by Sophia Amoruso because I'm just bought it on Audible myself because I wanted to listen to it after watching the Netflix show. That it was good enough that that I really wanted to see the quote-unquote true account of it with the memoir version. So I'm recommending this to you so you can experience it with me. So watch the Netflix show and then go to audibletrial.com slash geek2geekcast and pick up hashtag girlboss. And yes, the title of the book has a hashtag in it which also endears it to me and we can listen to it like buddies well said (laughs) um back to video games so sony (laughs) press conference was next and for us this was like last night we're catching up here and they had shadow of the colossus remastered and it looks really good and i liked the game when it first came out i hope they change the controls and make them a little bit more modern but beyond that there's not a whole lot they would have to change about that game did you ever play it I never beat it. I beat a couple of the Colossi, Colossuses, and never beat the entire game, but I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I, yes, for this game, boo, no PS4. I, okay. As we talk more, there are more games in here that are PS4 exclusive, and I wonder if you're going to end up getting one. Let's. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get one next year. By the time we get to the end of this list, what I fully expect is by the middle of 2018, whenever the PS4 is even cheaper than it is right now. And I'm saying that is an outside. By the time quarter two 2018 comes out, there will be enough things happen in the gaming community and the gaming industry that I will have a PlayStation 4. Okay. If not sooner than that. I. I think, yes, I think it's about time. I think you're going to get there. Um, Okay, another one that was there was God of War, which is like, it's a relaunch, but it might still be Kratos, and it might not be the Kratos we had before, but maybe it is with new gods. I don't know. It's basically the same thing they showed last year, except 
last year they showed more of a tone piece with more story, and this year they showed more of a combat piece with action. And if you like God of War, I'm pretty sure you're going to be happy. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on this one, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. We'll, we'll yep. see when it gets here. Um, God of War. That, yeah, it's God of cool. War. It's still God of War for PlayStation. <laughs> yep. Um, they had Detroit Become Human, which, again, a lot of these things were nebulous, whether they were exclusive or not. I think this one is. I think it is. So I left it here in the Sony press conference. Um, Detroit Become Human last year, I didn't think much of it. it. They just showed some branching dialogue options and a conversation. This year, they actually showed the story and what it's about, and now I'm completely sold on it. Like, I want to get this game. It looks like, you know, like when I get hooked onto a Telltale game series where you have a bunch Uh of choices that actually matter? It's like that, but put into a really good engine. Um, It's by the same people who made, what is it? The one that I haven't played that everyone tells me I should play. Um, Heavy Rain? Have you played Heavy Rain? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, it's that. If you guys have played Heavy Rain, same developer. Um, I'm sure it's probably an upgraded version of the same engine running on new hardware for PS4. But it looks really cool. It's basically like androids gaining sentience in a future sci-fi world and then trying to free other androids. And, you know, there's decisions everywhere. And it looks like the high-level decisions are kind of that Paragon Renegade thing. Like, do you try to be a big resistance and be nonviolent, or do you feel like you have to get violent to actually free all of right. your fellow androids either way i think it would be very interesting and i'm pretty much sold on this game after this trailer unless the gameplay completely messes it up the story right. yeah that could been, happen it could happen um but the story has sold me on like i'm gonna keep an eye on this game and as long as the gameplay isn't horrible i will be picking it up and i'm so sad about this game and it's your fault what why yes okay because i click on it and in our show notes you guys okay so so you know void has left me links for trailers because he takes care of me because he's my internet papa oh by and the way i think this week because i just want to get this episode out tonight i'm probably going to just copy paste our exact show notes the way that we look at them when we're recording yeah. i'm just going to paste them there so if you guys want links to all these trailers you will have them that's going to be great because we will occasionally have things that we say in our notes that that they're going to get. So that's going to be yeah. great. Um, but this one, you typed in Detroit Become Human. Okay, you didn't put the colon in there. It's oh, Detroit there Become Human. Yes, oh, okay. okay. So I read this as Detroit Become Human because it reminded me of, 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 of uh, Roger Ebert's review of Bangkok Dangerous starring Nick Cage that the only reason that you would go see this movie is that that is if you want to watch a movie whose title sounds like a caveman giving you travel advice <laughs> Bangkok <laughs> Dangerous and that's what this was because I see this in the notes and I see Detroit become human and I'm like I'm thinking this is like an and, and it's close like androids becoming human something like that some sort of monster trying to, to act like it's like it's a person like it's similar but it was just not what i wanted it to be based on you leaving out a colon so just so you guys know the english teacher in me is coming out punctuation matters okay sorry that's totally and utterly on me um, <laughs> but yeah it made me laugh so hard because i really was like detroit become human uh okay the next game that again this is another true ps4 exclusive this is the only one they went out of their way to make sure to say this is a true exclusive to our platform like it's not going to be anywhere else not a launch exclusive not a weird microsoft wording exclusive an actual exclusive is spider-man 
the new Spider-Man game. Oh my game. goodness! And oh my god, this game looks amazing. This is oh probably god. probably my game of the show. Like because I didn't know if it would be here. I wasn't expecting a lot. It looked cool from last year, but last year was a teaser, so it didn't really give like a feel for gameplay at all. And this looks like it's doing for Spider-Man what the Arkham series did for Batman, and I yeah. am fine with that. Like I am a-okay with that. Like I am more than okay with that. It's super fluid. The combat looks fun. The traversal looks fun. The storytelling moments, even though they were like cutscenes built into the action, it looks yep. really cool. I mean, the graphics were fine too. Whatever graphics are graphics at this point. And yeah, then, they're pretty. Yeah, and then like... Peter Parker was in it, but they hinted at Miles Morales, which is also cool. Um, I and it up wasn't some... teenage Peter Parker? No, it, it didn't look it, like it. it. It was adult Peter, and I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> you guys know I love adult Peter Parker? Yep. Because I love Potterman. <laughs> and Potterman, Potterman. So for me, one of the most important things about a Spider-Man open world game or any open world game, I mentioned this with Crackdown earlier, is the traversal, right? So I went out of my way to look up any more information that came out about this from, you know, reporters on the scene. And they said that it is physics-based swinging, and it's based on where you attach the web to a building. So they are trying to make the traversal like really interesting and dynamic and fun. And I think that's going to go a long way towards making it cool. So I can, I, I, this is going to be a, an absolute delight after two hours. Yes. That I can see the first couple hours maybe being tricky, but once you get that web slinging down, yep. oh man, like oh, it's going to be fantastic and delightful and amazing, amazing. See, Spider Man, it's going to be spectacular and superior. Uh, That's for you, Rob. Yay! And uh, like Spider Man has gadgets, which totally makes sense because Peter Parker's smart and he makes technology all the time. It's like there are a lot of things that you could say, okay, they're ripping off Arkham Batman games to put them in here, but. Every single one fits, and if anything, some of these fit better in Spider-Man. Like the Spidey sense for dodging guys and knowing when you're going to be attacked. Like, yeah. why does why does Batman even have that in the other game? How does he know when he's about to be attacked from behind? That doesn't make he's sense. Batman. Yeah, I guess he's Batman. But but also all of that- in the comics, Peter also is a millionaire now, billionaire. So he he he's the poor man's Tony Stark, is the way one of the issues put it, I believe. So he even has the money to do all of this, like Batman now, where it's not even a stretch of, of canon to do this. Yep. And so at this point, I am easily more excited for this Spider-Man game than I am for Spider-Man: Homecoming. You're dead to me. Uh, that's okay. Well, that's sad. I guess we should move on. No, but, but you <laughs> no, want I, this game, right? Like, do you I, like do. It? I want this game so much? And okay. I guess the reason I'm not as excited for it as you are is because I don't have a PS4. So that's number one. It's like, oh, I got to spend like $300 to play this game. And also it's not coming out until next year. Whereas Spider-Man Homecoming comes out next month. Yeah. I still don't know if I'm going to see that in theaters. You are seeing that in theaters, young man. Now I'm Internet Papa. Uh, <laughs> you're seeing it and you're going to talk to me about it. We'll have this discussion off air. Okay, so Nintendo is next. Um, they had a bunch of games that they announced last year, and it I, it was so deja vu-y. And the thing is, before I get into these, I should say, I'm still excited for a lot of these games. I'm still going to buy a lot of these games, and I'm glad they're coming out on the Switch or whatever. But it's like there were no WoW announcements this year for Nintendo. Um, well, yeah. there was one, but we'll get to it. So 
Xenoblade Chronicles 2, again, they just showed more of it. There's a new Kirby game, which I think was announced earlier, but maybe not. I if think anything, so. it's it's Kirby. It's more Kirby. It's nothing like new and groundbreaking. If you like Kirby, you'll like it. Like my daughter loves Kirby. I'm gonna get this game. It doesn't really matter. It's just a Kirby game. Um same and Kirby's thing. fun. It's just yeah. Kirby. Yeah, exactly. It's great. But it's, it's just Kirby. Kirby. And that's exactly how I feel about the Yoshi game they showed off too. It looks yep. like an evolution of Yoshi's worldly world, but instead of all being yarn, it's like more materials. Like it's maybe paper craft type of stuff. Yeah, it had like construction paper yeah. in the background and things like that. It was super, super well done. And of course, it's Nintendo, but yeah. it's a Yoshi game. And again, super fun. We're going to have fun with this one. It's great. It's just not a, not a big wow thing. Same thing for the new Pokemon. They said that, hey, Pokemon Sun and Moon is not coming to the Switch. Well, they didn't say that, but they basically said, we're making a new Pokemon from scratch, from the ground up, a core Pokemon game. So the next true entry in the Pokemon series for the Nintendo Switch. And it's like, duh. Like, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm going to buy that game. I'm going to play that game and beat it, and I will be super happy when it comes out. But... If you didn't know they were already working on this, like, I don't understand. It's just the most obvious thing, right? Well, you know, the the number one thing I'm excited about for the new Pokemon on the Switch? What? Is I, and as much as I've complained about graphics, is I really hope that they update the graphics because I would love to see them do full-on Switch-powered graphics for Pokemon as oh, yeah. opposed to where it's always been just handheld and the the cool stuff has been in the side games. It's going to be interesting to see how they, they work the world and graphics into the core mechanics of the series. And I think that was the unspoken thing. It's like, okay, we're building it again from the ground up, just like they did for X and Y for the 3DS. Like, new hardware, you got to build it over again and make it fit the system. So, like, I'll be hyped for it when we get close. But there was a guy who was on screen for 15 seconds that said, we're developing a game. It'll be on the Switch sometime, and it's a core Pokemon game. Like, that's it. So they also had more stuff for Fire Emblem Warriors, which is the hack and slash Muso Fire Emblem game. Um, it's releasing this fall. It has the weapon triangle. It has pairing up of characters. I will probably end up buying it because I'm really into Fire Emblem at the moment, but there's nothing new or groundbreaking there. They also had Breath of the Wild DLC packs. The pack one, we already knew a bunch of the stuff. It was like, whatever. There's costumes. There's more trials. There's extra stuff. Pack two, they didn't actually say what it was, but they hinted that it might be like the past timeline is playable, and you might get to control those four heroes that Link went around with um, in the past, the 100 years in the past. That could be really cool. Um, Rocket League is coming to the Switch with exclusive items and cross-network play with PC and PS4, so they're all playing together. Interesting, but again, not groundbreaking. Right. One thing that was actually like, and I'm, I'm not as big a fan of the series as other people, but I know the internet freaked out. They announced Metroid Prime 4 is in development, and it was just a teaser. It was like, it was a splash screen and a title, and that was it, but right. Twitter lost its mind. Um, I I don't love Metroid Prime that much. Like, I like some of the Metroid games, but I don't have a deep love for Metroid the way other people do. How do you I feel a- about it? I have a deep, deep love for 2D Metroid, Okay, but for the 3D, I want to get into the Prime games, and I've never been able to... I've been on the precipice of loving a Metroid Prime game multiple times, and have just never found that one thing that clicked with it. There was never that one element that pushed me into, okay, I have to explore everything and do everything and love this. It's been, I'm playing until I'm bored with this, and... 
the 2D games, I explore and do every last thing I can because I love the 2D Metroidvania style game. That that is one of my absolute favorite genres of video game, and it has been since I was a kid with the very first Metroid. Well, then you will probably like the announcement that they did, not even as part of the main press conference or direct or whatever they considered it. But right afterwards, they started doing Treehouse, and just like last year, they started dropping big announcements on the Treehouse live stream. Um, so one of the first things they said was they are making a 2D Metroid for the 3DS and 2DS. And that is so awesome. It's uh, like a remaster or a reimagining of Metroid. I, I want to say two. I don't yes, know. Yes, it was Metroid well Two: uh, The Return of Samus, and yeah. that's what I was about to comment on. I didn't know that uh, until you just now told me because it was Samus Returns, is what it was, what they're calling it apparently. Yeah, and I was like, man, there are two games in the series where they're using that naming convention and just flipped it around. But that makes total sense. But like, I guess I'm more excited for that one than I am for Metroid Prime. I I don't yeah. know. I, there's just so many good first person shooters out there. Like Metroid Prime never really did it for me. If Mm-mm. okay. The thing that would get me really, really pumped for Metroid is if they said, we're going to go back to, like, Super Metroid, make a game like that with modern polish and modern standards and put it on the Switch. Like That would be phenomenal. Because I love that game. That is the only Metroid game that I'm like, yes, that is an amazing game. All the other ones are fine. Like I, it's I think take Fusion and Zero Mission are my favorites. And so I'm excited to see one, another one on the handheld, on even the 3DS handheld instead of the Switch. I'm excited about. I just hope it's not for the new 3DS. It, I hope that it's playable on my 2DS. Yeah, hopefully. I would think that with the install base the way it is, it's probably going to be available for everything. Um, I hope so. And then the last thing they did was show more of Mario Odyssey, which honestly... I was going to buy that game on day one, no matter what, after they announced it as a new 3D Mario game. That's all I need is a platformer that's Mario. And Mm -hmm. it it basically reaffirmed what we thought from last year. It's in the vein of Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, all of those games. And the thing that they showed off today that they hadn't announced before was what the hat actually does is instead of just throwing it as like an attack, which is kind of what was implied last year, you can throw it at enemies or objects, and then Mario transforms into those objects. And it looks crazy. Like, it looks fun and interesting, and I'm really excited to see what they do with it, especially because you can be a dinosaur. Who doesn't want to be a dinosaur? You can be a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, we're watching this. I'm watching this because the, they were putting the notes after I had gone through and had been working. And and when I came back and saw this, he's like, oh, make sure you watch this one before we record. And so he's finishing up getting everything set up and he can hear me with the mic on. And I'm watching this. And I, he, I hope he was giggling at me because I was just like, I hope you get to be a dinosaur because it was the first thing it showed. He's like, oh, yeah, you get to be a dinosaur. You do. And outside of it being a Mario game, which is awesome. It's a Mario game where you get to be a dinosaur. Yes. Sounds so, um, good. Sounds uh, fun. Yeah, it there of course you're we're gonna buy Mario Odyssey. It's like what what kind of savages do you people think we are? Yeah, I mean it's out on October twenty seventh. It's the same day as Assassin's Creed Origin, which makes me a little sad. I wish they were at least a week in between so I could try to like mainline one of those games. You're just gonna have to bounce back and forth. I am, and I will, and I'm not gonna complain when I get to it because I'll be so happy. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if Mario becomes like a game of the year contender for me because I just oh, love sure. 3D Mario. 
uh, and that was kind of it from like the Nintendo press conference. Um, the thing with Nintendo is if they're like last year, then their treehouse streams are going to be every day throughout all of E3 week, and they're probably going to drop a couple big announcements every day. It's just kind of a drip feed. So we're not getting those because, like I said, we're recording Tuesday night, and I'm probably going to try to get this out tonight, hopefully. Uh, okay. The last group of things are from kind of all of the above press conferences, but these are ones that are not console exclusive. I tried to pull them out to make them separate. So these are other games. And the first one that I want to talk about is probably one of my other games of the show is Anthem. And Anthem is the new Bioware IP. It's basically what the Bioware A team was doing while the Bioware B team was busy messing up Mass Effect Andromeda. And you can certainly see that it's their A-team doing this. Yep. This definitely is astonishing. It's, I mean, it's an, like, it looks maybe open world-ish, but it's definitely exploration and RPG and customization. Um, There are exosuits with jetpacks called javelins. They basically look like Iron Man suits. You know, there's like heavy versions, light versions, different takes on it. But you get to be Iron Man in a new IP, like sci-fi fantasy world. Um, Yeah, it reminds me of Iron Man uh, mixed with Avatar mixed with Pacific Rim is what it looked like to me. That, That if they had like this weird genetically engineered baby that you would have Anthem. Yeah, and I mean, it looks like what I thought Destiny would be before we actually got our hands on Destiny. Oh, yeah, that's true. You remember, like, the hopes and dreams for Destiny when they announced (laughs) it? I feel that again, but I feel it for Anthem now. And it, honestly, it makes Destiny 2 look pale in comparison. Really does. And so it's kind of like if Mass Effect and Destiny had a baby, it would be Anthem. And I'm fine with that. I'm actually really excited by that. Like I, man, that's this what is I want the this to be. weirdest baby in video game history because we just gave it like five daddies or five mamas. I mean, this yeah. is this baby has a lot of parents. I mean, it takes a village, right? It does take a village. <laughs> I tickled myself. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was so bad. It it wasn't. I'm leaving that in the show. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so. If Anthem has a good story and interesting systems, I'm going to absolutely love this game. And like, this is one of my games of the show. Um, I think it's fantastic. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see as we get like more information about the story and about the yeah. gameplay and the the greater world around it. But from what I saw, I'm super hyped for this game. Maybe the only maybe to a ridiculous amount. This is going to be an absolutely amazing game if the shared world doesn't mess it up. The if you have to play with other people, it could mess it up because you know how playing with other people is that that, that they're kind of terrible sometimes. And shared world does make me a little hesitant on a console game. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, uh, I'm overhyped right now because it's a very new announcement. I will right. temper my expectations over the next couple of days. And then next time we see it, hopefully we'll have a better feel for it. But at the moment, I'm super excited. The Another one that they announced, and this one came out before E3 even, was a new Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer with some gameplay in it. Yeah, I, well, I, was, I didn't know this one existed. I didn't know it came out before E3, that it was this morning before I, I seen, I'd seen it. And it looks awesome. It's everything I wanted out of Kingdom Hearts 3. It it super good i'm gonna have to be buying me a cheap ps4 it it looks fine this i 
I've lost all hype for Kingdom Hearts 3. I was excited for it like a year after Kingdom Hearts 2, and now it's been like 10 years or something. It's I was, it's ridiculous. I'm not as excited for it as I was when they announced it and Final Fantasy 15 together during that E3. I was mega ultra super hyped for it and I've kind of lost that and the main thing that that lost me on it and we've talked about this before is how incomprehensible the story is going to be because of us not having played the side games but that aside it looks very very fun and it looks like a Kingdom Hearts game I will grant you that that's great yep no i'm gonna keep my eye on it i just who knows this game could come out in five years like it wouldn't surprise me at this point that is true i'm not gonna get excited until it has a release date honestly um okay shadow of war which is shadow of mordor 2 i think the actual title of this one is like something mordor colon shadow of war i don't know they changed the naming convention on the second game in the series but i like shadow of mordor and this one looks like it took i mean it makes the first game look like a tech demo for the Nemesis system, and oh. this is the real game. And the thing I liked the most about the first game was the Nemesis system. It was fantastic, and I loved it, and I can't believe other games haven't taken it and ripped it off and put it into other settings, because they should. It's amazing. And this is more of the Nemesis system, but with all of these extra cool systems built on top of it. And then it also has, like castle assaults or like fortress assaults and every one of them has a helm's deep feel to it in a really good way awesome i have the first one in my steam library and and never installed it it's one of those steam games yeah i've heard great things about it the thing about the first one is that it doesn't truly open up to show you what it has to offer until over halfway through the game there are two distinct open world maps and the first one, you get introduced to the Nemesis system and like all of the core mechanics of the game. And then when you move on to the second one, you get the ability to dominate an enemy, which means you recruit them to your team. And yep. so you have like custom orcs fighting for you. That's when the game truly starts to shine. Um, yeah. This looks like it's all of those put together on you know the first minute of gameplay. So I, I'd be picking up this one also, no question in my mind. There's a game in one of the press conferences that I hadn't seen before called Deep Rock Galactic. Did you watch this trailer? No, I didn't watch this one. Okay, it's kind of weird. I, I'm i not super hyped for it, but I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. It looks like a co-op Minecraft mixed with Left for Dead. It's like, I think you're dwarves, but you're like super fantasy dwarves with like steam powered or maybe like guns or like i don't i don't even know it was hard to tell what the setting was but it is isn't it i'm watching it right now you're watching it right now okay so it's it's doesn't it look like co-op minecraft but also left for dead yeah mixed with a little bit of no man's sky maybe sure some procedurally generated stuff in there yeah Yeah. that's what it looks like yeah Yeah. this is super weird and i don't i want to love this game this is one of mine where i'm like yeah i'll get this this is great and then i'll play 30 minutes of and be like i'm bored now and to give it a steam refund again right I, i i will not play this because i want to play this and i know me I am going to just keep my eye on it because it looks interesting. It does Um, look interesting. There was also Metro Exodus, and I have played a little bit of the Metro games up to now. And this looks like that setting, but made open world. And 
it's just a setting that doesn't quite work for me. I know a lot of people love it. I know what makes it good, but it's one of those things where you look at a game, you just know it's not quite for you. Um, the setting's a little bit too bleak and a little bit too, I suppose, a little bit too Russian for me. That kind of like Russian <laughs> sense of like everything is horrible. Do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay. And this one does look like a Metro game. It does. It, it absolutely does, and it also looks like a. It wanted to be Fallout Four this time, kinda, yeah. It, it really does, and I have so many of the Metro games on Steam that I've never finished. Yeah, and that I, they're good, they're cool. Never finished them, and so this one will end up being the exact same way. I think. Yep, I might pick this one up when it's super cheap later. Maybe, yep, potentially. That's what I've done with the others. Um, they also announced that Player Unknown Battlegrounds is coming to consoles, which I only mention because I keep meaning to get around to it. It is like the hottest game at the moment, and it looks super interesting, and I haven't tried it yet. Um, I've I'm, never heard of it. Okay, don't worry about it. I think I'm going to pick it up this week, and I'll report about it next week in Geekery. Right. But for the people out there who play it, you will be happy to know it's coming to all the consoles. For as far as I can tell, um, Wargroove was one that I was really excited for. It's being published by Chucklefish, which is the same people who published Stardew Valley. Which I love the word Chucklefish, I know that, but that kind of gives it a little bit more legitimacy in my eye. Just yeah. that publisher has a good track record. It is basically Advance Wars, like Nintendo's it not making it looks ad- like Advance Wars, yeah. Nintendo stopped making Advance Wars, so this developer picked it up and they're like, fine, we'll just make our own Advance Wars, we don't need you. Um, it's that. But it also has a Mario Maker vibe because you can make your own custom levels and it has the tool set to do it extremely quickly, which if there becomes a community around this game and there are good sharing tools, that could become a whole thing all on its own. So it's coming to the PC, the Xbox, and most importantly, I think the Nintendo Switch because it is going to be fantastic on the go in bite-sized chunks. Like, Which is exactly why... Uh, I was going to say Armor Wars, that's different. Uh, why Advance Wars was so fantastic is having it on the Game Boy uh, SP was just being able to close the lid, be able to do everything was awesome. I loved Advance Wars. Yep, so I am going to get Wargroove when it comes out and I will be getting it on the Switch and probably yep. not the other consoles because it seems like the best fit. Um, they had more information about Call of Duty World War II, which I think is actually called Call of Duty World War II. In, in, they are running out of ideas, are they not? Yeah. I mean, that is, it, there was Battlefield 1, which is a fantastically original name, and then Call of Duty World War II. It's like, yep, good good for you guys. Good like, job. Turn it up, phone it in. There yeah. it is. The thing is, like, what they showed off at E3 so far, as of right now, um, was just more multiplayer. Or No, it was the first look at multiplayer gameplay. And I just don't care about multiplayer gameplay in Call of Duty. Um, I talked about this last fall when I played, like, Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty for the year back-to-back on Gamefly. Yeah. I consume those games in one or two sittings and just play the main story, the single player. And then I will play, like, half an hour of multiplayer one time and then I'm done with that game. And World War II is more interesting to me than any of the other Call of Duties since Modern Warfare. Like, this is a historical conflict. If they do the single player right, I will be playing that game. I, I know I will play the single player campaign, and then I'll do what I always do and play like half an hour of the multiplayer and be like, yep, that part is still Call of Duty, and then 
be done with it. And looking at it, it looks like Call of Duty. There oh, yeah. is it's it's just Call of Duty. And for me, and I know this is going to make me sound either ignorant of the series because I am. Don't get me wrong, or or completely just just stupid but was there not already a world war ii call of duty wasn't that like the first call of duty back in the day and it's just like maybe this is my old showing through but it's like no this, you're, you're right this, it's this like, is this is the game this is just call of duty you've done this before i don't want to play this again it's the first like three or four call of duty games um but they've been away from the setting for such a long time okay it has never been on anything close to modern hardware right so, i mean that was ps2 that it was out on like that yeah it's it's the look and feel that they can finally achieve now that they wanted to come back to it um again and i get that like, but it just it looks so generic that watching that trailer i was like yeah this is call of duty cool yeah but I mean, to defend and, it a and, little. And admittedly, that's not my thing. I don't like first-person shooters, especially the the more realistic ones like this, the historical ones. I do not like, and I much prefer the the ones, honestly, stuff with settings that are completely absurd and out there. The arcadey style Duke Nukem type thing, even though I don't like Duke Nukem, but the, the out there. So seeing Call of Duty at all is just like more like Call of Duty. Am I right? <laughs> uh, well, just to defend it a little bit, like I am sure that the diehard people who love Call of Duty and it's their yearly are going game, to eat it up. They're going to eat it up. And it's I mean. I know my biases coming in here, right? I'm very, like, middle of the road on Call of Duty. Some of them I hate. Some of them I really like the single player. I never liked the multiplayer. That's how I land on Call of Duty. There are people who every single year get hyped for Madden or every single year get hyped yes. for FIFA or every single year get hyped for... I don't even remember what the basketball version of that is called. Um, and I am one who gets hyped for Assassin's Creed. And at this point, for anyone who doesn't care about Assassin's Creed, they probably look at it and go, that's another Assassin's Creed. Whereas That's fair. Yeah, I'm like, hey, it's in Egypt. Sweet. So, you know, <laughs> just keep that in mind. Like, if you like Call of Duty, I'm sure World War II will be a cool one. Um, the last game on here that I had was Monster Hunter World, and I put it on here because I keep wanting to get into Monster Hunter. I have bought the last two or three that came out, and every one I play slightly longer than the one before it. So. The last so Monster maybe you'll Hunter, finish this one. Uh, I don't think you really finish a Monster Hunter game. I think it either consumes your life or you give up. That's uh, that's what Monster Hunter is. But the last one I played was I think it was Monster Hunter Four, whatever the last U.S. release game was. And seems like, like it was four. Yeah, I mean i I like them and I like everyone more than the last one. And they keep making it slightly more user friendly as time goes on, which is good. Um, it still seems like to get into Monster Hunter, you almost need like a Monster Hunter Sherpa. Like you need somebody that you personally know who is going to walk you through enough of the game until you get your head around it. And I've never had that. So this one, Monster Hunter World, it looks like an open world game, whereas before it was always divided into zones and there were a lot of timers and missions structure, like mission quest structure. This looks more open, which appeals to me in a way that the other ones didn't so yeah I, i'm not like i said monster hunter isn't a game for me yet but i keep trying it and i'm going to keep my eye on this one and i think this is coming out on pc and ps4 and xbox one so it's modern hardware which is also cool and how do you feel I'm about really monster hunter i've never played one 
And this one looks really interesting to me. And I don't know why, but there was something about seeing just, just this guy rolling around trying to fight this weird dinosaur when this like dragon comes in and starts attacking the dinosaur that lets him run away. That makes me want to play this where it feels far more organic than the other ones did. I guess maybe it's because of that open world, but it doesn't feel so uh, compartmentalized where it's just like, you're going after this and this is this and this and this where I've never really cared about any of the others, but this one looks really neat. Cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll both keep an eye on it then. So those are the main games that I picked out that I thought were worth talking about tonight. And we're already at an hour 15, um, (laughs) maybe a little bit less when you're listening to this after I edit it, but we're right around an hour 15 already. That was a relentless pace and I'm glad we did it. But before we go, before we jump off for the night, um, what are you most excited for out of everything we talked about? What makes your list doesn't have to be a top whatever in order, but just what are you hyped for? Pot of man. Pot of man. I figured. Spider-Man is by far the best thing I've seen so far. And you were absolutely right when you messaged me about it initially that, dude, holy crap, that, that this is everything that you and I have wanted our entire lives. This is what every 12-year-old boy has wanted his entire life. And every 12-year-old girl has wanted is to be Spider-Man. And if they put in, the one thing that I want out of this more than anything else is the absurd level of costumes that you get in something like Spider-Man Unlimited on iOS or even the the DLC costumes from like Arkham games. I want that for Spider-Man. I want to be able to dress up in any of the Spider-Man outfits I want. Cool. But Spider-Man got me. Anthem got me. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Assassin's Creed Origins. The Ancient Egypt makes me interested in the series for honestly the first time. I am very surprised that Assassin's Creed is on this list for you. Just knowing that like how you feel about the series if it had been any other uh uh, setting at all i wouldn't care it'd be like yep it's another assassin's creed game i'm glad that you're so happy about this i'm not going to play it but seeing that it is ancient egypt it did hit on that pressure point that i just nerd out on and i have to see it i have to play it at least for a little while, even if it's a, uh, even if I, I end up giving it a return on you play, if they do that, I will, I will play this game. Okay, cool. For me, it is Mario Odyssey by far. Um, right. I like there was nothing really new about it that made me go woo or whatever. Dinosaur. But I mean, like, yeah, the dinosaur, I suppose. But it's still just like I'm excited that it's coming out. I'm excited it has a yeah. release date. I love 3D Mario platformers. I don't be surprised if this is in the game of the year running for me. Um, Assassin's Creed Origin, because I know it's basically a yearly series, but it's one that I love and I geek out over. So I'm excited. It's ancient Egypt and the setting and the character and all of that stuff. I'm excited for it. Anthem looks amazing. Um, like I said, I'm going to have to temper my expectations soon. Yeah. Um, but for the moment, Anthem looks just uh, groundbreaking. And then Spider-Man. Spider-Man looks so good. It looks like the best superhero game that I've ever seen, like at this point. So, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I need to play that. I need to play all of those. I'm going to play all of those games. Oh, E3 episode. Man. (laughs) Yeah. But but that that this is this is awesome that this a number of stuff for e3 that we've known was coming out and that's the thing about this year's e3 like you said we knew this stuff was coming out for the most part and 
also, for the most part, we didn't care that we were just kind of, yeah, these games are coming out. That's fine. What if? And they're so close now that you're looking at this list and partitioning, not even partitioning, but scheduling out next year for, oh, I have to be able to play this, then this, 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 this. And we haven't even gotten to all of the announcements yet. Yeah. Oh, I guess a thing I didn't even mention, but if you look at Nintendo's release calendar, they were so smart with the Switch. They have a big name Nintendo game coming out every single month since the Switch launched all the way through the end of the year. Like every single month, even if it's not a game that you're into, at least it's like a new first party, really like high production value game every single Uh month all the way through. And if they keep that up going into next year and the year after, like if they can just keep doing that, um, I I can't see the Switch being anything but a huge success of a system well, i've never heard anything bad about it i've not heard a single person i've seen the internet stuff don't get me wrong it's the internet but i have not seen a single person in real life who has said this is a terrible system or i don't like it it has all been massive praise yeah okay cool e3 is fun to talk about um we gotta wrap up so i can edit this and you guys can listen to it later tonight hopefully um you can oh before before we bounce out of here last chance for mini topics or questions for us we're going to record that very soon even if it it might actually come out the the week of the fourth of july to give us a week off but as terms of recording it we are going to do that very soon so send mini topics or questions our way you can write to us with comments suggestions feedback or mini topics at our email address, which is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And remember, we are part of a podcast network, so if you're not listening to all of our shows, what's wrong with you? Go to geek2geekcast.com and, you know, listen to everything that we have and let that tickle you fancy. <laughs> I blog at agreenmushroom.com, <laughs> and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's, and I'm online at bjkeaton.com. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast and your E3 hype. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Hype! Well said. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek Podcast Network. So join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah.